This is Beyond the Couch with Bridges, a podcast at the intersection of Asian Pacific Islander, South Asian American identity and mental health. I'm Christy. I'm Sam. And I'm Diana. We are three therapists who got together in the hopes of demystifying therapy and uplifting stories from our community. Each week, we'll connect with fellow therapists, experts, and community members about life, identity, and healing. We're so glad you're joining us today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Couch with Bridges Mental Health. I'm Christy. And Diana. And I'm Sam. How are you both? Doing well. Um, I actually just got back from vacation. So I feel like, you know, pretty relaxed, pretty, pretty fulfilled in this moment. Yeah. How was your trip? It was good. I went on a safari, so I saw lots of animals and it was pretty amazing just to be like out in the wild and to just see lions and leopard and um, zebras and giraffes eating elephants, families of elephants. I don't know what oh they call them, but yeah. Yeah, it was pretty That is cool. amazing. So, yeah. I've been watching Our Universe on netflix but oh, now you okay. got to see like those real like <laughs> cinematic shots of those safari animals in real life yeah i'll have to send you some videos that i took and like some photos um and you know what i started watching physical 100 <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> after we talked about it last time and it, it's so hilarious like so entertaining um mm-hmm. like the triple replays get me every time like <laughs> and just the music and everybody's reactions yeah it's so fun it's so (laughs) thanks for letting us know about it (laughs) after recording our episode last time I had like four clients mention to me and ask oh have you been watching this show and I was like I have not but I know all about it so talk about it freely I keep thinking I'm I'm kind of back on the survivor train right now so I think once Mm. survivor is sort of wound down or I'm caught up um I'm gonna check it out it's a similar energy, not exactly Definitely. the same, but yeah. Especially for the physical competition piece and hearing that there's like the team challenges too, and sort of the way that they strategize around it. Right. Yeah. And it's good that they have those team challenges because it keeps more people in the running and then you actually get to know their characters and mm-hmm. it's, yeah, that's fun too. Did you finish the whole show? Not yet. I'm up to like the Greek God challenges or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I only have a few few episodes left then. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now I have to watch. What are the Greek God challenges? <laughs> I mean, I was carrying like my laundry in a big sack like a couple weeks ago. And it's like, how did they do this? But actually heavy. Yeah. Like they have like, yeah. yeah, they have like themed uh, challenges like Sisyphus rolling that rock up and down like I think that was like a a Greek myth and so they have someone actually doing that challenge but rolling the rock like over a hill and back and just back and forth until they're completely exhausted and can't do it anymore yeah (laughs) it's not even time-based it's just until you fail yeah until you collapse basically (laughs) I'm realizing this is a podcast and no one can see my face but my jaw has just been open the entire time wow I love how they're also tapping into like the epicness of the physical challenges Sisyphus Mm -hmm. and like Greek gods that's really cool yeah yep (laughs) 
Well, we could just talk about physical 100 all day. Like Again, so no. this just becomes a physical 100 podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be a real 180. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How are you both doing? I'm doing pretty, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm in the process of transitioning into my own private practice right now from the group practice that I've been working at. So it's been mostly a lot of my free time has kind of been like, crossing my T's and dotting my I's and making sure that everything is is good to go with that. But, you know, I'm excited. It's going to be a good change. Yeah. I'm a little bit into that transition as well. And it's felt a lot lighter. It does feel kind of like taking ownership over like all of these little decisions. It just feels like it's only me, you know? And I've heard from so many people that it's just a very gratifying experience. Like it's it's very empowering feeling like, And there's so many benefits to working at a clinic or working with a group. It's just a different experience. But from people that I know who have made the transition and are liking it, they've just said that, yeah, it feels really nice to feel like you were like running your own business and getting to see all those parts of it that maybe we weren't working on or necessarily as aware of before. Yeah, totally. I think, you know, Sam and Christy, did you also work at like in anything before you became a therapist? Um, At a preventive agency. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I know Sam and I both work like in non-therapy jobs for organizations or other people essentially. Right. Where, you know, we didn't have uh, a lot of choice over, you know, what we were doing, how to do it. And yeah, I think going into private practice is just the same as like running your own business. And that's like a huge change. And for some people it's like, Oh, really positive change. And for some people, it's not so positive. But I think, yeah, it sounds like both of you are are going into it with, with good feelings so far. Well, and it's also helpful. And we're very lucky that we've had so much help from you, Diana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that has made the process so much easier. Um, and I think it really speaks to just how important it is to have community of other people who are in the field. Because I feel like so many things that I wouldn't have necessarily thought of, people have brought to my attention and it has been extremely helpful. And I think, you know, one thing I've realized in like starting my private practice through the process of figuring things out is that not everything has to be done all at once. And um, it's guaranteed you're going to make mistakes, forget something. And it's more just about like, okay, well, when I find out about that, <laughs> then I will do something about it. And, you know, once you have that mindset, then it becomes like a lot less stressful, like nothing, like you said, like crossing your T's, dotting your I's, like, yeah, that's a good place to start. But also, you know, you'll also figure it out as you go along. And I think that just like is relief for maybe some perfectionists out there too, or listening. Yeah, because some things you can't decide ahead of time, or you can't anticipate every mistake Mm -hmm. we'll encounter until you do. Definitely. Speaking of work, I know that we also wanted to touch on the layoffs that have been happening. Um, Personally, it's come up a lot with my caseload. There's big waves of layoffs that have been happening, especially over the last several months to a year. Um, Mm -hmm. And it also seems like the waves are still continuing for the next few months, especially around specific sectors or types of businesses, like a lot of tech. 
And so we're mindful about the mental health aspect of how this can feel for any of our listeners or any people who are moving through that kind of anxiety or anticipation or even the loss if they've already experienced layoffs. Are you all noticing this at all with your clients or in your work at all? Definitely layoffs, even if it's not necessarily that the clients themselves have been laid off, which is something that I've heard, but um, just the kind of turmoil internally, the feeling of uncertainty. And, you know, I mean, my partner works for a tech company and he was thankfully not laid off, but there's a lot of stuff that comes up around even not necessarily having the experience of being laid off, not to compare it or say that one is better than the other, but I think it's just one of those situations that's really difficult for everybody that's involved. Yeah. I don't have any specific client in mind, but I've definitely been doing some webinars around uh, like to tech companies around this, like coping with the uncertainty, coping with the feeling of survivor's guilt for, you know, watching their whole team get decimated, but then they're the one that was either just moved to another team, trying Mm -hmm. to move forward when nothing feels secure, right? And I think layoffs are like these you know, reminders that our employment, even if it's at a tech company, and I think maybe even for a lot of Asian Americans, like this sense of like, I want to be on a stable path, on a secure path, in a secure job. And tech is where, you know, a lot of it's very respected and a lot of people are in tech and it feels like a really good path to be on. Right. And, you know, then you hear of all these layoffs and it's like, oh, okay. It's a reminder that, you know, employment is also fragile. Right especially if you're working for other people. Definitely. And when I think about, you know, the, some of the nuances that may come up specifically with the AAPI, a piece of community too, is, you know, there's a lot of stuff around residency status, people who are here on work visas Mm. and the ways in which it can be very existential for people, the process of being laid off and losing their jobs. It's not so easy always for everyone to just go out and find another job. So I'm very mindful about that. And it's a really, it can be a really scary situation for people if that's the case. Yeah. It also sounds like the actual interaction or the process of how people get laid off lately has been so depersonalized Mm -hmm. like very detached sometimes people getting emails or like they try to log in and they realize they can't log into their work portal um it feels like the human touch of like the human aspect of of being let go or getting all of the factors explained to you is also kind of lacking because the the waves of how many people are losing their jobs are just so big that can just feel so disorienting because you're just waiting to see like if your team is surviving it's not that you get this heads up or the whole story yeah I've, I've noticed similar sentiments being expressed on LinkedIn like in uh the before times when people were laid off it was you know in these mass layoffs like everybody would gather together, they'd sort of console each other, grieve together, say goodbye, and then sort of Mm. like have that at least be some sort of closure, right? And now it's like, you just, you know, you sort of find out piecemeal, like, oh, this person (laughs) didn't show up for this meeting. And, you know, because everybody's remote these days. Yeah, like you said, Christy, it's just this feeling of like, well, I I guess I'll just find out when I can't log into Slack (laughs) or something, right? Yeah, yeah, that was something that my partner spoke about too, just the process of not getting to say goodbye to everybody because of the 
you know, they're hybrid, but people can kind of choose when they want to go in. And, you know, a lot of people choose to stay home most days. There are days where it's busier, but maybe the day that somebody had as their last day, you weren't in the office and you don't necessarily get to see them or say goodbye or yeah, the questions of just trying to kind of piece together information and see who's still around. And I do imagine that, you know, I know I've heard stories back in the day. I'm thinking of a story my aunt told me about being laid off and this was like the eighties, I guess, when she was working in the way that they did it, it was a, a company acquisition. They gathered everybody in these two separate rooms. And then someone came to the separate rooms, almost kind of like the way that they did it on American Idol. Is the, and they said, these, you are all safe. And then you all, unfortunately, are being laid off. And I mean, that is like a very intense experience. But she shared that there was yeah. still the experience of you were with all the other people. And so everybody, yeah, Diana, like you were saying, got to console each other, be together, say goodbye, get your items from your desk and head home. Mm. And just the way that things are now with the way that the workplace has progressed is people aren't really getting the opportunity to do that. And that's hard too. Mm. Yeah. It's hard to process that major transition. If, if we can't like touch base with people physically or just at least even like over a screen, but having FaceTime with people to like, let this be more, give space to the emotions of it and how the rippling effects on people's, like you said, Sam, residency status, visa sponsorships, how it might impact the families of all these employees, healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, you know, with layoffs, it so often is just a reflection of the market and how the economy is doing in certain industries. But I have heard from folks that it is really hard not to take it personally, even if people are saying it's not performance-based, it's like a redundancy issue or whatever it is. Of course, it's so common for folks to reflect on their own work experience and think if there's something that they might have been able to do differently. And that can be really hard too, because it's another unknown and it's something that you can't necessarily go back and, and change again. Yeah. I think it's so important that you're both talking about like the emotional effects of something like this, because I think the AAPI community also has a tendency to be very action oriented. Like, all right, how do we be proactive about the possibility of being laid off? I need to negotiate my severance. I need to make sure I'm looking at jobs right away, or at least proactively looking at jobs, even if I still have a job and just like taking action in those ways. Um, And in a lot of cases, maybe, you know, people are experiencing like a smooth transition on the outside because, oh, I got laid off, but I already had another job offer, right? But like you said, there is still these, you know, emotional effects of like being forced to leave a place that may have been your home, colleagues that you felt really comfortable with, a community, especially when more people are working from home, right? Like your mm-hmm. your colleagues are still really your only community outside of your your friends, right? So I still think like it's important to have a conversation about how it feels to be let go, right? Yeah, people you might be talking to every day. So you know about like their home lives or their family lives. And especially if the layoffs don't necessarily feel like they make sense. Like, well, this person has been there longer, but they got let go compared to this other person. It's it's hard to, like our brains naturally want to make sense of all of the things we don't know or the gaps in our knowledge. And, and also what you were saying, Diana, around like people who might feel this urgency to get another job or start interviewing right away. There can be a lot of this scarcity that comes up especially for people who um, might be children of immigrants or immigrants themselves, like job security is everything. Like the first layer of that 
Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, just to be able to feel calm enough to be able to provide for your livelihood. Along with like that scarcity piece comes along the other side of the coin, like this abundance sense. For some people that I've seen move through either the anticipation of potential layoffs or um, have experienced it already in their companies, their scarcity might have already led them to build up a huge emergency fund or a lot of savings. They spent most of their working career making sure that they had security and only leaving a job if they had another one lined up. And this is kind of adding an unexpected transition point. Of course, there's a lot of people who might lose that sense of security and do need to get a job right away to be able to take care of themselves. And I think that there's some people who might have a little bit of abundance to be able to cope through the severance package that they might have gotten. But there's still this anxiety and scarcity and need for security that's coming up as well. Just like how those things coexist, that we can feel really anxious and need to lock down some security, even if the reality of our own like personal finances or our own personal livelihood might have a little bit more bandwidth. Yeah, I think that's such yeah. a good point. And I know this is not the case for everybody, but I, you know, yeah. some of these these big companies that have done layoffs, I've heard that the severance packages are quite generous, that they're still supporting benefits for a period of maybe three to six months. And that sense of there may actually be a little bit of a window for people to take the opportunity to maybe not feel as much in that space as, as you said, around scarcity, but also maybe take time to think about really what kind of job you really want or what would feel fulfilling. And that's not to say that people shouldn't be upset or feel, you know, dysregulated or whatever it is around losing a job when it's not your choice or your decision. But I do think that that's a really good point, Christy, like challenging ourselves to really think about, is there a little bit more space and breathing room for me to take my time with some of these processes? Or is it really something that needs to be figured out absolutely as soon as possible. Definitely. I mean, I even still feel that sense of scarcity, you know, I still have like that, that one nightmare of like, what if I lose all my clients and nobody ever wants to see me again? Right. Mm. And like, you know, I have savings, I am preparing, there's nothing terrible that's going to happen from some loss of income. Right. But I think that definitely as children of immigrants, we we have this fear of the lack of this security, right? You know, we've inherited that from previous generations who didn't have it, right? And or stress the importance of a very stable career, right? And so um, mm. this is really hard to take in. And yet, being able to pause, right? Being able to pause to sort of like push back on that, you know, that old sort of like, conditioning that old, uh, those old feelings and remind yourself that, you know what, I have saved up enough to sustain myself for the next six months if I need to without income, or I have prepared, these are my backup plans. And just being able to sort of talk yourself through what is actually reality, right? I was also thinking about like, sometimes this can feel even if it's happening to a lot of people kind of like a shameful experience those can be some of the feelings that come up as well as a lot of the loss and grief around losing a job if it wasn't your choice but I'm kind of wanting to speak to the idea of letting it be news like sharing it with the people around you and I'm sure that that could be difficult it's difficult if 
we do feel a little bit of breathing room, but maybe we'll tell our parents and our parents are like, you got to get a job. This is not okay. But also allowing a lot of community to gather around you if, if this is something that you're experiencing. One thing that my mom often says is like brag about your illnesses and this idea of like if something is not going well or you're struggling with something, brag about it because then you might get more support. You might get more people who actually are going through that experience. And especially with jobs like the connections or the networks that you occupy, those can be so vital and valuable. And so keeping it in or hiding it might just lead to more isolation. So if there's any light to bring in there. Yeah, that's such a great reframe. <laughs> Brag about your, <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, and you know what? The other thing too is like, you know, be selective with the people you share with, right? Because mm -hmm. if your mm -hmm. own family is not going to be supportive, and you know this from history, from experience, then maybe they're not the first people you tell, right? Be protective of yourself. And I've been seeing people on, you know, on LinkedIn sharing it like i'm one of the 10,000 that was let go on friday and you know open to work you know hashtag open to work but also just giving themselves closure and connecting with others who might have been in the same boat and are are on linkedin reading or just even connecting with other people who may be able to support to help to say they've been there mm -hmm. right yeah, Diana, I think that speaks to something I was thinking of too. And, and these are all such great points. You know, when I was working more in the recovery and addiction space, there's a phrase from Al-Anon saying, go where it's warm, like seek out and move towards those places where you might sense or know that you're going to receive meaningful support. Like Diana said, if, if there are certain people in your life where you feel like, I just don't know how they're going to respond. And you're feeling very tender or sensitive about this experience and its challenges. Go to the people that you know are going to be really supportive and, and share the things with you that you need and to take that first initial risk. And then maybe it'll feel that sharing it with some of the people that may respond in more of a way of fear or pressure or scarcity later on when you've built up a little bit more of that confidence. And layoffs is such a, it really is a very common experience. And there may be more people in your life than you realize who have had the experience of being laid off, like adults, um, parents, bosses, et cetera. And I think if we feel brave enough or open enough to speak to some of these things, there could be a lot of understanding. You know, there's, there's someone in my personal life who was laid off so long ago and it really impacted this person's confidence. And they actually never really substantively worked again in their life because it had such a strong effect of, of it sounds like the way that person really internalized what that meant for them, or maybe feeling a sense of directionless about where to go with their career. And I imagine there are other things going on for that person too, but I think that as much as we can try to open ourselves up to, in some ways, the normalness of this experience and then not allow it to feel like it is fatalistic or deterministic that you don't have meaningful skills because you do and you are capable and you can go out there and find find another job if it's necessary. Yeah, I think we're hoping folks can be gentle with themselves taking care of their bodies. Usually work is like the primary thing that also defines our daily routines or the structure of our lives. And work brings up so many other pieces around like meaning or purpose, or at least knowing where we're going and when we wake up in the morning. So even if there's like some tenderness, like Sam was saying, just to sit with the, the emotions, to give them a little bit of breathing space and an attention so that 
they don't come out in other ways later on. Yeah, any last thoughts for today before we wrap up? I think community is, I feel like that's always part of the the go-to answer is really opening ourselves up and, and reaching out to the spaces that feel safe to get the support that you need because work and layoffs and everything that's going on right now, I mean, it, it's really challenging and it's reasonable to be struggling or to feel uncertain or fearful about some of these changes that have been happening. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to allowing yourself to feel some of these emotions and recognizing that, you know, whatever feeling you're having, there will be an end to that emotion, right? You're not going to feel terrible forever. And if you can sort of ride that wave out and eventually you will feel better, right? Eventually you'll come out of that feeling and you'll feel hopeful or you'll feel relaxed or you'll feel satisfied because you're able to see friends or see family or just take a nap or something, right? So I think that's something to keep in mind, even if it can feel really painful at times. Okay, well, we will wrap up for today, but it was lovely spending time with you both and talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Beyond the Couch. Tune in every Wednesday, rate or review us to help grow our community and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. We'd love to hear from you, so connect with us on Instagram at Bridges Mental Health. <laughs> 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 <laughs>